people people are saying that i use the s p right the s p 500 for the last decade has grown at 15 percent a year uh-huh. and people are like yay i made money and i'm like ah, yeah but the money supply is growing at like 15 percent a year right sure. so meaning like like you just broke even on purchasing power Welcome to House Rich, the real estate show. We talk to average people that do above average things in real estate. Today we have the investment episode. We're going to talk to Philip Washington, the chief investment offer investment officer at Stonehill Wealth Management. So it's going to be a cool episode because I always tell you guys, you know, real estate, real estate, real estate. But you need to, in my opinion, you need to kind of diversify what you're doing. You never want to have all your eggs in one basket. When we're talking invest, investing, crypto, everything in between, uh, maybe getting into a building your brand on LinkedIn as well. We had a little chat before the episode started. So um, the sponsor for today's episode is House Rich, the official brand of home ownership. Use promo code POD for a, a discount at checkout. So um, Philip, our guest, appreciate you hopping on the podcast with me. This one of the first guys I actually I actually knew that had a podcast, but uh, can you introduce yourself to the uh, to the good folks? Yeah, I'm Philip Washington. Uh, we Grand Prairie native. Uh, you know, born and raised Houston, Texas, chief investment officer of uh, my company, Stonehill Wealth Management, and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast on all major platforms. Okay, cool, cool. Appreciate you uh, joining us. So um, I want to talk a few things, just kind of basic um, investment advice at first. We'll kind of get a little bit, little bit deeper into it as the conversation flows. But, you know, let, let's say I'm a 25-year-old. Um, maybe I graduated college. Maybe I didn't go to college. But um, I'm semi-comfortable with my job to the point where I can save maybe a couple hundred dollars a month or a couple hundred dollars a week. Like, where would, where would you recommend someone, like, starts investing? If they never invested a penny anywhere, whether it's real estate, the stock market, what would you invest somebody somebody start with? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a good question. Uh, and, that's, and that's become a harder question to answer. But right. I'm going to give an answer, right? I think... I'll build a check. I'll build a checklist, right? So, 25 year old hadn't got started investing. I I would probably split the 200 bucks a month, and then do half into your savings account because I'm gonna assume maybe they don't have any money in savings, and you're gonna need to build some sort of cash reserves for things that you may not know you need in the future. And I'm talking this is aside from an emergency fund because yeah. you may down the road want to invest in real estate. You're probably for sure should want to buy a home down the road. Um, you got marriage, kids, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then the other hundred, I would open like a simple, uh, like I call it a brokerage account or an individual account. Okay. Uh, and, and that's like, think of it like a savings account, but it's, so it's liquid and available, but you can invest in mutual funds, stocks and bonds. And, and then what I like for starter investors is to go buy like a target date uh, retirement fund. So Vanguard has one, BlackRock has one, use a low cost uh, index fund company so those are two of my favorite blackrock vanguard okay uh, two, yeah, two that i use for clients and, and and you would pick the target date retirement fund because it'll have a number at the end of it so you'll pick the fund that corresponds to when you'll be 65 so if they're 25 years old that'll be a 40 years from now so that'll be a target date 2060 fund all right um and that's just a well diversified you know portfolio where you're globally diversified and you don't got to think about it because they pick the funds for you and that's a good way to get started then you can go start reading your books and do everything while you're studying you're building your savings you have a professionally managed low-cost portfolio by the way that portfolio probably beat most other professional manager portfolios over time uh, that are not invested in crypto that's a whole other conversation all right um but but yeah that'll be a good that'll be a good start and so can you talk a little bit more about that targeted date fund? Because basically the, the risk shifts as you as you get or the risk shifts, it becomes less riskier, I guess. Can you talk about the target date fund? Yeah, works? so that, that yep, so that's important. And it's funny because right now we're in a very volatile period of time uh, for the market. And so, you know, when you're when you're in your twenties, you're not really worried about that because you don't have that much money, right? But but as you get older, when you're 50, 60, you know, I have clients with 500,000, a million, $3 million, right? And they, you know, in the market being down, you know, 15% for somebody with a million dollars is 150 grand, right? 15%, that's not that bad, but the psychology of $150,000 yeah. 
yeah. you know, um, that's, that's emotionally difficult. Right. And, and, and so what the target date fund does is as you get older and you get closer to your retirement date and you have, uh, less tolerance for up and down movement, more money, more that you can uh, potentially lose, you want to you tend to want to be more conservative, right? So right now, my clients who are close to retirement, they're, you know, we're, we're relatively conservative uh, in our, in our strategies, but the young, young folks that, that are far away, they're, they're, they're riding it out aggressively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everybody's the same though, but in general, that, that's what, that's what the fund does for you. Okay. Thank you. And I, I want to go um, through some, some, uh, alphabet stuff or keywords i want to call it just so because i think a lot of times folks hear terms they have no idea what they are um yes, so it's going to go through some terms you could explain those to the uh, to the to the good folks so what's a, a etf an etf is an exchange traded fund so let me explain what that means so in the in the mutual fund world you have actively managed mutual funds which are higher in cost so it means you hire a manager you know you you may you you say hey I want, you know, I want to pick this manager over here because I think they can pick, they can pick stocks better than, uh, than just, you know, uh, just buying an index. So I, everybody understands the S&P 500, right? So everybody hears that on the news, they see it. It's the 500 largest stocks in the U.S. It's like an index that tracks it. You can, you can, if you're investing, you can choose to find a manager who will pick the stocks out of the 500 that will beat the index or you can just buy the index. Now, you know, most um, buy a fund that mirrors the index, which, which is lower cost. Now, most fund managers don't beat the index yeah, uh, and there's like thousands of them. And so it, your, your odds of picking a manager that will beat the index is, I would say probably similar to, um, uh, you know, drafting, um, a, a LeBron James, okay. you know, or, 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 or a Steph Curry. So it's, it's very, it's very difficult. It's not impossible. Right. But difficult. So, so people tend to say, all right, if I'm going to build a portfolio, I'm going to focus on like asset class, which I may have to explain, but I want to make sure that, okay, if I want to invest in us stocks, let me go with the lower cost option because the odds are on my side um, to beat the professional manager and it's lower cost. So I hope I hope that explained it. Oh, and so 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 and so the ETF is just an index fund that trades like a stock, because okay, because to go deeper, and some folks that have probably read Tony Robbins' books or whatever, they might need this explanation. You can you can buy an actual index fund, but you can only buy and sell that fund once at the end of day. Okay. So if you want to be able to trade throughout the day, so if you want to be able to sell at noon, or buy or sell in the morning. Um, which I'm not recommending uh, recommending you day trade, but if you wanted to do okay. that, um, you need a, you need an exchange traded fund, which is just the index that trades on an exchange like a stock. Oh, okay, thank you. And you, you kind of touched on it, um, or you spoke about it, but what what exactly is a mutual fund? Another great question. It, it's a it's basically a basket of stocks. So so um, let's say the 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 person with 200 bucks a month that wanted to invest um, at 200 bucks a month. I mean, if 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 you're buying, if you want to diversify a portfolio, that's, that's, that's very difficult before we had fractional shares. Now we have fractional shares. So it's more, it's more easier, but before, um, if you wanted, you know, if you wanted some Apple stock or Amazon stock or Google stock, I mean, Amazon stock alone, you can't afford. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, at, at 200 bucks a month, you can only afford like a, a few shares of some, some, some smaller company. Yeah. Com- um, so you couldn't really get diversified back. So a mutual fund say, says, Hey, we're, you know, our mutual fund sells for 25 bucks a share, but you're buying a package of 500 stocks, 5,000 stocks, a thousand stocks, right? Whatever it might be. Okay. Thank you. And, um, you, you dive into what a, a index fund is. Uh, yeah. So, so, so an index fund is just, uh, it, it is just actually I didn't, I didn't explain that deeply but an index fund is a, a simpler way to explain it would be if 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 you say hey um the average home 
in this neighborhood is you know four hundred thousand uh, mm-hmm. dollars for this for this price in this area and if, if you could if you could just invest in an area instead of investing in individual homes in the area and okay. participate participate in the growth of the area right you reduce your risk of trying to pick the homes in that area that might do better than the area on average right got, so got if, you, you buy, got you. if you buy an index fund you're just saying hey i want to buy in this neighborhood in frisco and i want to per- but I, but give me an index that just tracks the average home price in that neighborhood i don't want to try to pick which individual homes in the area will grow faster than the average just give me the average oh okay thank thank you and then um uh, can you explain uh, um ira yeah it's a good that's a good one so so an ira is a retirement account uh, and, and technically, it's a trust that is set up for you um, where the money is, can only be used for retirement. So the IRS okay. says, hey, this trust, you don't actually own it, such and such. It's a trust set up for you as the beneficiary of the trust. But in this trust, we're going to give you special tax treatment. Okay. Right? And so a, for a traditional IRA, the tax treatment is the money you put in there, you get to write that off on your taxes as you grow. And even if you, you know, sell stuff that makes money and you have a gain, you don't pay tax on the gain. But when you take money out at retirement, you got to pay taxes on everything, 100% ordinary income tax on the money that comes out. And the restriction is you can't take money out before 59 and a half uh, without penalty. Um, and there's only so much you can put into it every single year. The, the other IRA is a Roth IRA. So that's a you know, regular IRA, which is mm-hmm. traditional Roth IRA. So same, same rules on limiting how much money you can put into it. Same rules on, you know, not accessing it before 59 and a half with some, with some, they do have some exclusions on that. Um, but the different, but the difference is you don't get a tax write-off on the money you put into it. So if you put in money, you don't get the write-off on your taxes, but the trade-off is when you take money out, you take out your gain and the money you put in tax-free uh, in retirement. Oh, okay. Thank you. And I should have asked this question first, but probably the most basic question, like what, what is a stock? Just. Yeah, yeah. So a stock is just ownership in a business. So if you're like, if you're like, hey man, I buy a lot of iPhones, and Apple makes a lot of money, and I think they're gonna keep making a lot of money. Uh, I want to, I want to have ownership in the company. You can go buy a share of Apple stock, right, or Peloton stock. You know, um, so it's ownership in a company. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, so hopefully that answers some of the questions, some of the terms that you probably hear out there. You may be scared to ask, but uh. Um, I guess you could DM Philip or DM me if you got any more questions about uh, some of these uh, these uh, alphabet things you hear out there on the, the street. So um, so I think a lot of folks got introduced to the stock market. Um, I don't know if in a good way, but, you know, in 2020 where things were going wild, you know, AMC was at GameStop, everything was kind of going wild. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of talk about just how the stock market normally works? I think a lot of, a lot of folks got into the stock market, maybe or got into investing. Um, during that wild, you know, 2020, 2021 timeframe. But um, can you talk about normal kind of returns you probably should expect to see in the stock market versus kind of what we saw the last maybe year and a half? Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's an interesting question because we're no longer in normal times. So All right. Me, and, and if you want, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a short version, but if you want a detailed version, go to Wealth Building Made Simple. Um, go to my YouTube page though, because on my YouTube page, I have my, uh, I got like five videos where I kind of cover these in details or short videos. Okay. Um, because my regular podcast on Apple Podcasts, Audible, all that kind of stuff is, is all my other guests too, and it'll be tougher to find mine. But um, but um, but specifically, stock market moves on three things, right? Growth, right? So the economy and or the company, because uh, the company grows based on the economy. Uh, then you have um uh money supply right and so and so money supply is how much money is in the system right meaning uh the the central bankers who control interest rates um they have a big impact on the amount of money in the system they don't they're not the only impact but they have a a big impact in the short term on how much money is uh, is in the system. What do you, what do you mean by the system? So, so for example, think of think of think of 
think of money like blood, right? Uh-huh. If, you know, if there's a restriction in the flow of our blood, right? Meaning our blood supply goes down, some, some, something bad happens to the body. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and so sometimes, as in right now, you will have, you know, you had the, you had 2020 happen and then, and I did podcast episodes on this and it's, it's, it's funny that the, that the central bankers are surprised at the inflation, but I literally said it, which is why we put so much into Bitcoin. But when they dump these stimulus checks into the system with PPP loans and then giving people checks, I was like, uh, the global economy is growing way too slow for that to support the money. So the so the so the the river got real, or the the blood there was like way too much blood in the system, right? Gotcha. And that jack and that jacked it up to where it sent prices of everything going up, right? The lumber prices went up, oil and gas is still going up, home prices, you know, you know, went up because what was happening is when you when you put too much money in the system, what's actually happening is those 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 prices are not actually going up. It is the value of the money is going down relative to those things, right? Because gotcha. there's only a limited supply of homes, only a limited supply of lumber. And so if you put more money in the system, more folks are bidding on those prices, right? And so it goes up, but they yes. just don't they don't want to keep the cash because it's not paying much. So it's really the, 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 the store value is going down. So so that that's money supply causing prices to go up, which is why they skyrocketed. Like stock prices went up crazy. You had GameStop, you had people doing just ridiculous stuff with money and so the central bank said people are getting ridiculous with money we need to slow this party down so we need to restrict the blood flow you know and uh and so they um said they get they have control on like short-term interest rates so really so the rates that that we earn on savings accounts right the reason Uh why we don't why we haven't earned much money on savings account is they basically had short-term rates at zero um like since 08 uh-huh. and so and so they said we're so they said we're going to raise rates eight times over the next two years um and so what that told the market was the money supply is going to shrink and and so and so what that tells you as an investor is if they do that that's not good for the body right remember yeah. money, blood that's not good for the body so asset prices you know uh went down so money supply is a a huge factor, especially when growth is slow, because there's, you know, America's not been growing since like 2000 aggressively. China slowed down six, seven years ago, and they have a lot of debt. Europe's been slowed down a long time ago. Japan slowed down in the 90s. There's, there's literally, there's literally no growth in the real world. And so when we, when we say growth, what do you mean by, by growth? I mean, like economic growth. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, um, like economic growth is, uh, productivity us us getting smarter and as we get smarter we do things more efficiently and then we use those savings uh because when you do things more efficiently it it costs you less to produce a certain widget and then you use those savings to invest in uh more production to do it more effective to drug crosses more kind of it's 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 a it's and, and so this is the nerd stuff but um uh you know, we borrowed so much money over the last 40 or 50 years. We basically, there's no more product productivity gains. Like we, we, we fast forward productivity gains that, you know, cause productivity, like for humans is like 2% a year, like going back hundreds of years. Gotcha. So that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of a set number. When you, when you borrow money, you can, you can borrow those productivity gains in advance, but then, but then you're gonna have a same, you're gonna have a long period of time where, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. growth is slow because you can't borrow any more money. It's like it's like if you if you if you underwrote somebody that had an underwriting meaning. If some, if you if you were going to go buy a house and you were to uh, go talk to a mortgage person and uh, and your debt to income ratio was eighty percent, you know, meaning if you made ten thousand dollars a month and eight thousand of it was like loan payments, yeah. they're going to be like, get out of here. We're not yeah, giving you yeah. more money. Like you're too. So, so that's the system right now. So the system is probably more equivalent to, you know, the debt to income ratio is like ridiculous. It's not a one-to-one, but it's like pretty close to like spending all, you know, uh, there, yeah, the debt to income ratio is high for countries around the world. So growth is gotcha. slow, gotcha. You know, super slow. So uh, you have the volatility because the money supply is driving all swings. Okay. 
Yeah, I know. I know that was super nerd, but you know, you had me <laughs> down that that path. No, it was it was, it was cool. okay. So we're not we're not in the usual time. So you basically can't you can't look back at what happened five years ago, ten years ago. We just gotta just yeah, because 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 returns moving forward are gonna be depending on how much money they put in the system, but they're not gotcha. gonna be they're not gonna be real, right? And and this is I'm glad you asked. This is an important part because people people are saying the and I use the S and P right. The S and P 500 for the last decade has grown at 15 percent a year. Uh-huh. And people are like, yay, I made money. And I'm like, ah, yeah, but the money supply is growing like 15% a year, right? Gotcha. So meaning like, like you just broke even on purchasing power, right? The S&P 500 just helped you maintain your purchase. People are like, gotcha. what's purchasing power? Purchasing power is if you're a teacher and inflation went up 7% like it did over the last 12 months and they gave you a 4% raise, you're like, which, which like true story, <laughs> you know, yeah, true yeah. story, right? You're like, Hey, I didn't even make any money. Yeah, you know, yeah. the co- my cost of living went up more than my salary, uh-huh. you know? So, so if the cost of living goes up at 7%, because that's what money supply does, it pushes up the cost of living. Um, if, 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 if your money doesn't earn at least the money supply rate, uh, then you didn't really make any money. Like in, in dollar terms you did, but you go look at Venezuela, yeah. you know, where loaves of bread cost, you know, millions of Bolivar because the money is worthless. And so that's, that's where we are. So we may have a sustained period of quote unquote high nominal returns, but you want to compare that to like the money supply. And if you want to know what, and if you want to know what that is without being a nerd, just look at the S and P 500 returns. Like that's going to give you a really good indicator of what the money supply is because they don't know what the money supply is because because money's become everything. Money's become uh-huh. NFTs. It's become, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because like, they're just, it's just, it's, and, and by the way, they're, they're not going to stop printing. Right. And that's a whole, like, this is the, you got to go watch my YouTube channel. That's why I was like, go there because I'm going to, you know, it's, it's a deeper thing that's happening. When, when money dies, you have this happen. Right. So our money is dying. Right. We're at the end of that cycle and it dies every 50 to a hundred years. It doesn't okay. mean it's the end of the world. It just means this financial system is getting recreated. Okay, cool. And, you know, I have, I'll make sure I, um, I have a link in the uh, in the bio, whether you're on the podcast or YouTube, yes. to his uh, to his YouTube channel as well. So, okay, so um, so w- when is money? Uh, so, so fifty to one hundred years. I guess money is on schedule to die in the next uh, next couple of years or next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 already dying. It's, it's, right. it's because it, it it death is. When you know when money when when we're right here, right when when rent, interest rates were zero, uh, when they're when they have they literally haven't stopped printing you know printing money since 08, which nobody knows, um, like and you can look at every single like look at again Venezuela, Zimbabwe, um, uh, the 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 pound which is which is the British money, which is still alive, you know, but uh, so the pound didn't go away. But it's no longer the reserve currency, right? So the, the the U.S. dollar after World War II became the new reserve currency, and the British pound kind of died as the world reserve currency. So it doesn't mean the dollar's going to like go away, but what okay. it means is um, British citizens lost purchasing power relative to Americans, right, over the last hundred years as our currency became the currency that the world traded in, and that and 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 that makes the people of the country poorer if they're not saving in the currency that is the more superior currency, right? And so that, that that's why right now, you know, a lot of my wealthy clients are, they're buying real estate, they're buying gold, they're buying Bitcoin, they're buying, they're buying companies that are growing at a faster rate than the money supply. So that's why you have the Netflix, Facebooks, uh, Amazons, Shopify's, you know, Teslas that are skyrocketing because in a, in a, in a world where rates are low uh, and growth is slow, and money supply is high, you got to figure out, all right, if they're going to print at 15% a year, what companies are growing at a faster rate than that? I want to own that. And I also want to own scarce resources like real estate, gold, Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so there you guys go. So make sure, um, well, do what you want to do, but uh, your money under the mattress or in the savings account is not a, you're literally <laughs> hustling backwards if that's your uh, way to save money. <laughs> Facts, uh, facts. So wh- where do you get your information from? Like, oh, what do you read? Maybe, um, you know, books and like on a daily basis, like wh- where do you get your, your information from? Man, man, I, 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 
I've read hundreds of books. I, I'm always reading something, but I mean, um, you know, my books these days are nerd books. So like one of the books that I think will give people good two two good books is uh, that'll give them information on this is Navigating Debt Crises, Navigating Principles for Navigating Debt Crises by Ray Dalio. Okay. Right, it's a big 800 page nerd book. All right. He also he also wrote one for that was called um, uh, uh, Principles for Navigating a Debt Crisis. It, when when you look at Ray Dalio, he's gonna have three books. Right, one of them is on life and work. Two of them are on debt crisis, and and the, and the first one I mentioned. So those two are both thick books, full of you know really for nerds. Uh -huh. Those are good books. Outside of that. Uh, for this topic, I would go to YouTube. It's a 30-minute video. It's a cartoon. It If you ever took economics in college, you wasted your money, like me. Uh, right. You can watch this video in 30 minutes and know more th th about economics than most everybody out there is. How the Economic Machine Works on okay. YouTube. Uh, great video. I'm always looking at, listening to podcasts. So some of my favorite uh, Bitcoin podcasts are what Bitcoin did. Um, uh, Coindesk is a, is a uh, coin podcast company that has some good podcast episodes um uh bitcoin audible is another good one um i mean i read and consume so much information kathy woods big ideas right. um if you if you google kathy woods 2022 big ideas mm -hmm. it'll give you a you know 60 page thing that she put out this year which is what's going on and, and i'll i'll read something and i'll go down a rabbit hole right and then i'll just find a bunch of random stuff but i'm i'm I put in hours and hours of reading uh, a week, right? A few okay. hours a day um, just to, you know, know what's going on. Okay. And so um, I think I know what you're going to say this, but I want you to frame his next answer. I think, I'm pretty sure I know what his answer is going to be. And based on what he said about how much he reads and how much um, he reads on a daily basis, long-term, all the nerd books and all that. So what, what are your thoughts on day trading? Like folks day trading, you know, making these big profits. You'll see folks post screenshots, made 10K today, you know, 3K in five minutes. Like, what are your thoughts on, on day trading in general? Yep, yep. So so I like to keep it real simple, man. I like to, I, if I ever want to know knowledge of, a, of something that appears to be a trend that doesn't make sense to me, I like to go as far back as possible. So I want to go back and say, man, has any time in history, has anybody made quick money? Has anybody built wealth with quick money ever in history and kept yeah. it? I was like, nah, I haven't seen it in history. I was like, well, maybe today's billionaires are smarter. So I'll go down the Forrest 400 list and I'd be like, man, which one of these dudes are a billionaire from day trading? I can't find one damn billionaire <laughs> from day trading. You know, I see all these guys that are making millions from selling courses. Yeah, on how to yeah. do it. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, damn, like if they get those kind of returns that good, you know, I manage money for a living. It shouldn't be hard for them to go raise ten million. Like I, you know, what I'm saying, I, I, I mean, if, if they're that good, I can vet them. I, I'll give them a big chunk of my clients' money, and then tell all my advisor buddies who made hundreds of million dollars, and then we want to make our clients' money. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, like, I want to, like, please let me invest with you if the, you know, if you're that good. Like, so you know, so, uh, uh, I'm, and I'm not saying you can't at all, but what I'm saying is, I think it would be foolish to build an NBA team with your sole objective of drafting LeBron James. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'd rather yeah. be Greg Popovich. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's how I feel about day trading. I mean, is it is it possible? Yeah. Is it probable? Probably not. And you can and you can get a whole lot wealthier by um uh and I'm not saying I'm not saying you got to be boring and just buy index funds. I'm saying, you know, I got a client who he, he's our age, you know what I'm saying? He's a tech executive, saves a bunch of money, but he, you know, and he's like, Philip, I want to invest the way you invest. And I'm like, and I'm very concentrated. Yeah, I'm very concentrated. Uh, I'm diversified, but I only have my best ideas. I don't have any ideas in my portfolio that I, that I have in there just to, you know, just yeah. for diversification. Like if I don't think, if I don't think the asset class is going to beat the money printer rate, it ain't in my portfolio. You know, I, you know, I might have some cash to balance the volatility, but I'm just saying like my volatile ideas, um, and so, but, but he's a, but he has a, he's like me, he has a five year plus time frame. He doesn't mind volatility, you know, this stuff going on right now when I, you know, when we're down, he's like, 
hold or huddle, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he in it, you know what I mean? Be, be, because he, because he understands his mentors who are his mentors who are billionaires, by the yeah. way, that he, that he taught, you know what I'm saying? Cause we talk to people who got money, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and who <laughs> not, not from selling courses, you know what I'm saying? That built real well. And, uh, and I'm not knocking them course people, man. Cause they're smart business people. Uh, I think they really believe what they're selling, but, um, uh, but, um, he knows what I know that wealth is built through volatility. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you, you know, um, if you own a business and you're successful, of course you're going to make more money than the person that works for a similar business yeah, that's yeah. successful because they embrace more volatility, you know? So, so same thing applies in investing. You know, I, I, I know every time I do my rent, I piss off somebody who is day trading because they think I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's cool. You know, I'm just giving my truth. Okay. And I, I, because I, I knew that what he was going to say to that. I've never asked him that question. I knew he was going to say, but I wanted to ask him that I, right after he talked about how much like research or reading he does. So, so if he, I would just say that if he's reading two hours a day, reading all these books, um, if you're not doing that, you probably have no chance at all. And even if you are doing that, you probably have no chance at all. So yeah, I've seen that where like, I think like 90% of people lose, lose money. So uh, yeah, those screenshots, they look cool, but um, that'll show you the L. So, um, so, let, let's say I'm uh we talked about a 25 year old. Let's say I'm a little bit. I guess the age really doesn't matter. Oh, well, I guess let's just say I'm 30 years old, and you know I've been scared to invest, but I got like I got like 20k just in my savings account, um j- just kind of sitting there. You know I'm I'm stable. Um I, I own my own home. Like I don't need to have I, no big purchases coming up. Like uh, I have an emergency fund set up. Like what would you say? Hey, what would you do with this this 20k just kind of kind of sitting around losing yeah, and, losing that and, value? Yeah, and that's and that's a bit harder, and that you know, and that you know, is more uh, where you would probably want to get advice from an old, you know, for un- from a, for an uncle or uh, maybe a, uh, somebody who you know who's a good investor, right? And and I and I'm I'm purposely not saying a financial advisor, right? Because a wealth manager like myself, like we're gonna have a minimums, and maybe we probably are not gonna manage. We're not gonna invest twenty grand. Uh-huh. Unless you're a friend, you know what I'm saying? And then if you go to like somebody who sells a product, which I wouldn't recommend because you have the advisors that will take the 20 grand, but if they're not a fiduciary, they're going to sell you some, 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 you know, some crap. Um, so it's, it's hard if you have 20 grand to get like legit advice. You're going to want to find like, find a wealth manager. Like I give my friends a lot of advice who I don't want to maybe not manage money for. They don't, they don't, uh, like, like, if they're my close friend, I'll do it. But if they're like an acquaintance that I like, you know, I'll just say, hey, do this with your money. You know, give me 15 minutes, give me 15 minutes of what you're trying to do. All right, put your money here and I'll let them do it. So if you got somebody like that who you can talk to, you know, give them your plan, right? I want to buy a house. I want to, you know, start a business. I, I want to, uh, what you know, whatever the goal is. And they'll be like, all right, cool. You know, I, I, I would do that. So I recommend you do that with 20 grand because that's, because 20 grand is a respectable amount of money to have saved, uh-huh. you know, but you're going to need probably a little bit more to get that to a wealth manager for them to manage it uh, and give you advice on that in the context of your whole, of your whole picture. And I know that was a cop-out answer, but <laughs> at 20, at 20 grand, it just depends, right? Because gotcha, gotcha. You, you've obviously worked hard to save that money and you want to make sure you put it to work the right way. Cause the worst thing you can do is put 20 grand into some investment, you know, uh, and then need it for a real estate down payment on a home, right? Or need it for a flip, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or whatever you might want to do. Okay, okay, got, got it, got it. Thank you. Um, and so you, you mentioned it a little bit ago, but what is a, a fiduciary? You talked about that. Yeah. Yep, so a fiduciary is somebody who, you know, like, so, I, you know, they charge a, a, either like a, a fee for service, right? So they don't, they don't get paid a commission or a kickback for any funds that, like, I don't get, commission for funds I use the funds I use are because I, I vetted them and I want and I think that they're good uh, or stocks that I buy because I vetted them and I think they're good it wasn't you know I don't get a kickback from any of it and and I'm a fiduciary in the eyes of regulators uh, because I have a specific license or a designation uh, for me it's both uh, which 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 requires me to keep my clients interest uh, ahead of mine at all times, right? Which is different if you're dealing with somebody who sells a product, they sell you a mutual fund or some annuity or something like that. They they only have to make sure that um, what they sell you at the time 
is suitable. And suitable is one of them words that just doesn't mean anything. Like it's just, you know, you know, did I explain it to you? Did I document I explain it to you? Do you understand it? You know, and who really understands what they're buying anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just okay. I I understand it, you know. So that's so so the opposite of a fiduciary is that a is that a non-fiduciary or what is the the, the opposite? Is there... Yeah, just there there is okay. no opposite. Either they're a fiduciary, either <laughs> they're a, or, or they're like a license to sell mutual funds or stocks or insurance. Okay. So, okay, so um and I'm not asking you to call anyone specifically out, but more specific the, the the better. Maybe it's maybe companies, but are there any like um like what how can I say this? How, how do I know if I'm dealing with a, uh, a, a non-fiduciary? Are, are they certain like companies? Are they certain they're certain like uh, yeah, insurance? Yeah, or like, how do I know? Yeah, here's the easy thing to do. You, you ask your person, you say, you say, for, my, for all of my investments, how am I paying you? Am I paying you a commission or am I paying you a fee? And, 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 and am I paying you both? Because what will happen is, you know, most advisors at the big wirehouses that are not independent, that are not independent, a lot of them will be both. So okay. they can say, oh yeah, I'm a fiduciary, but then, but then they sell you a big part of your portfolio that's a product, right? Because people don't understand, they don't know. So, yeah. so you ask them and get it in writing. Say, hey, can you, you know, so email it to them, email a question. Hey, you know, would you mind emailing me back? Don't call me, I just emailing me back, uh, you know, how, how, how are you getting paid? Are you getting paid a commission, a fee, or both, right? And if, they, if they're getting paid a commission, they're going to call you. They're not going to email you back because they know you've been talking to somebody. And then, and then you just politely reject the call. You're like, hey, text them. Hey, you might email them back the answer. It's not a, not a good time. And I, and I just want to have it, you know, documented. My CPA told me to ask you to do something like that. You know, just yeah, okay. put it off on your CPA. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good, that's a good, okay, cool. That's, that's good. Good tip there. Thank you. Um, and I don't know if you can speak on this, but I, I hear about this a lot. Um, some people say it's bad. Some people say it's good. Some people say it depends. Um, do you have any thoughts on like a whole, whole term, like life insurance? Yeah. So here, here's the cool part. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in love with, uh, you know, my life insurance agent and cause I don't sell life insurance and with, the right type of life insurance. So, you know, I think outside of, outside of like being on track with the goals, having plenty of liquid money, having a high income, most people early on should own term, a lot of term, right? Cause you need a lot. And you, you know, if you die, you gotta replace your income and that requires a lot of insurance. Right. But I'm a huge advocate of owning permanent cash value life insurance, you know, uh, specifically, you know, whole life insurance for, uh, for clients that are ready for it, for that part of their plan for a couple of different reasons. A, because if, especially if you're a client of mine, you're rich or you're going to be rich, right? And so that means down the road, you're going to need to do estate planning. And, and so that means having death benefit that never goes away is going to be great for like wealth transfer, for paying estate taxes, all kinds of fancy wealthy people problems that you're going to have down the road. And the earlier you buy the whole life policy, it's like buying a home, right? If you mm -hmm. buy a home today, you're going to lock in that price. You're going to pay off that mortgage and you own a home. That's the same with, with whole life. But you also get to accumulate cash that could be used for collateral for business loans, collateral for real estate loans, right? You can use it if you, I don't, I don't particularly like the idea of using it for uh, retirement income um, because if, you know, uh, because when you're buying it, you're going to be buying it if you're going to be rich or you're already rich. So the death benefit will be, will be more important than the cash value. But that, but that cash growth in the policy as collateral is amazing and there's no volatility, right? So, so for somebody like me, uh, and, and my clients are similar, you know, 40, 50, you know, high income, high net worth professionals, right? Their entire balance sheet is volatile because they either own a business, they're in real estate, their portfolio is aggressive, everything's volatile. And they're like, I just want a good place to park some cash. I can't put the cash in the bank because yeah. they don't pay much. But if I can put what I would normally put cash in the bank inside of a life insurance policy, where I earn a decent interest rate and I get to grow that money tax deferred and I get to access it tax-free if I need it and use it as collateral and my death benefit is tax-free. I mean, that's an amazing, amazing combination. I mean, people would be shocked at how many wealthy people own cash value, whole life insurance. It just needs to be sold properly. A lot of times it's sold to a 25-year-old teacher who's single with no kids 
and they sell them a couple hundred bucks a month of whole life. I'm like, that doesn't, that's not appropriate. Like you just got, you just wanted a fat commission on that, gotcha. you know? So, yeah. Okay. Cause I was going to ask why people talk bad about it. Cause people are pushing the, it's the wrong people basically. That's when. Yeah. yeah it, okay. it, 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 it's the same thing people do to like mortgage people. They're like, Oh, mortgage people, you know, cause the crash. No, some mortgage people cause it, you know, yeah. since, you know, you know, uh, some people sold people too much mortgage for their home, but not, yeah. I mean, that doesn't make a mortgage professional bad. That's just gotcha. inappropriate selling by some people. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, um, now I want to jump into, uh, the crypto space. So, mm -hmm. um, I know you're, um, a big proponent of, uh, Bitcoin. Um, this is a very broad question or maybe it's not, what, what, what is, what is Bitcoin cryptocurrency? Like what, what is it? Yeah. At, at a simple, at a simple level, man, is is money. You know, it's okay. so, so for, so a, a, a short, simple history lesson is before the printing press, the church was the gatekeeper of knowledge. So if you wanted to read or understand ancient wisdom and knowledge, you would first have to be approved to, for them to teach you how to read, uh, uh, I believe it was, uh, what was it, uh, Latin or Hebrew, whatever it's written in, mm -hmm. I think it was. So you have to be taught to learn to read. Then you can read the text. It was limited uh, amount of people that would be able to read uh, and get the books. Then a printing press was invented. Uh, and then that like sparked innovation because then in, in the matter of 10 years, like 10 million books were printed. And then the gate, and then we formed governments and organized uh, uh, and created inventions and corporations and all that kind of stuff. So printing press changed the game on that. Well, now we're moving to a world where for our whole life, right? It's just normal for, for us to think, oh yeah, banks and the government create money. By the way, most people don't even know how money is created. That's a whole conversation. But right. if you understand, you're like, oh yeah, banks and you know, banks and governments are the gatekeepers for money. Well, crypto came and was like, hey, like we don't need banks and governments for money. Like if if you've ever ever settled a transaction on the blockchain and, and you've like if you and I talking right now, what is it? It's 659, banks are closed. If uh -huh. you were like, hey, if you were like, Hey, Philip, send me $5, right? I mean, I can send you $5 via cash app, but it's not settled. You know what I'm saying? Like if, uh -huh. the, money's not, if the money's not in my account and I send it to you and the bank gets, gets it in three days, they're going to reverse it out of your account. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it hasn't really settled. They're just, mm -hmm. they're just giving you the money on credit uh, overnight right now. Um, but if I sent you, you know, five bucks of a stable coin or five bucks of Bitcoin or five bucks of even something I don't really like, Ethereum, whatever, um, it would, it would settle, you know, within 10 minutes uh, or 20 minutes or definitely an hour and be in your account final settlement, right? You can do it seven o'clock on Monday night. You can do it on Saturday. There's no banks that need to be involved, right? And it's fast, right? And if you're doing it on a lightning network, which, which are layer twos, that's a whole other conversation. I did an episode on, that, on my podcast too. All right. Um, but, uh, um, and, but you got to go to the actual podcast for that, uh, not, the, not the YouTube channel. but um, uh, that's like instant fat lightning network for Bitcoin processes faster and more transactions than visa visa network, okay. which is crazy. Um, so that I mean, it, it's, it's money without the need of banks and, and, and governments, which is going to, which in business, if you can speed the velocity of money, right. Which we call velocity of money or how fast money can move. That's like going back to have it, you know, the economy is dying, blood's acting up right? Blood's dying. These crypto is saying, oh, wait, we're going to make the blood flow better, faster, better blood, fresh blood, young blood, right? So new money, better money, you know, uh, that's what the, these cryptos are doing. Okay. And wh why does it have um, any value at all, crypto? Well, yeah, it's a great question. Why, the, the bigger question is, why does anything have value? Scar <laughs> right. right, right. S scarcity and um, you know, what I would call acceptability or, um, you know, people want it. So, so I like to use the example of, you know, high school or college, we go to a dance, right? You show up at the dance, there's 30, 30 women, uh, two dudes. <laughs> Who is more valuable than that equation? I mean, the dudes, <laughs> right? But if 60 guys flood in and now, now the ratio is warped, who's the most valuable, right? Right. So, so you look at gold. Gold is the scarcest element on the element table. Out of all the elements that I, I, I felt this part of biology class, but out of all the elements, I don't know how many there are, gold is the scarcest. 
That's why gold has been a store of value for thousands of years. Gold has, you know, country, 90 plus percent of countries, currencies have failed. Um, Gold's been around, right? Because countries can print more money and create it. And they they always, 100% of the time, print way too much more money and kill the money, Mm -hmm. right? Either kill it and it goes to zero or they kill it as a store of value and it becomes, you know, not worth that much money. So, so, so scarcity and then mass adoption. Uh, so increased supply, right? Low demand, increased supply is what creates value, right? And, or just the supply and, you know, just that, that supply and demand that we learn in economics, right? You, you, yeah. you need to have a situation where demand is growing faster than supply of money. And then you have number go up, right? If that reverses, the number goes down. Uh, okay. uh, and, 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 that, and that's what, because I, I had a professional, super smart, professional, super smart was like, yeah, but Philip, nothing backs Bitcoin. Oh, nothing backs, nothing backs the dollar. Gold mm-hmm. backs the dollar. Gold hasn't backed the dollar since 1971. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, for real? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, you know. All right. So, um, so if I have a $20 bill in my wallet, like I know I can go into uh, Chick Fil A and order. You know, I can get me a. Oh, say ten dollars. I know I can get me, um, you know, a combo meal, maybe two combo meals. So I know it's going to be ten dollars. If I got ten dollars of Bitcoin in the morning, you know, it, it may not not that it'll swing this wildly, but you know, there, there's some wild swings with Bitcoin. You know, it may drop ten percent, five percent, something like that. Well, why, why is it? Why is it so so volatile? And uh, and yeah. I and. Uh, yeah, I guess why, why is it so volatile is kind of what I'm kind of getting there. Yeah, so so this is this is a metaphysical answer. I'm gonna go deep so people can understand it because I'm, I'm I love meditation and this is right. make sense. So so meditation, religion, right? If you think of the word emotions, right? Energy, emotion. Emotions are just energy. You know what I mean? Because uh, because we mirror atoms, we mirror the universe. Like all this shit is. I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse, but all this stuff is is the same, and so. People who don't manage their emotions, right, are volatile, right? And, and and would you say most humans don't manage change well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so so you look at every new, like, when, look at Amazon. Yeah. People were like, nobody's going to buy anything on the internet. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. And so Amazon stock was volatile, like, it's still volatile. And it's a few trillion dollar company, you know, company, but it was very volatile in the beginning because changing, it, it was crushing malls, crushing companies, and it was still volatile because it was changed. Google, the same way. Facebook, the same way. McDonald's, in, in, when it was part of the Nifty 50, when it was in the 50s and 60s doing that, it was volatile. Walmart, when it was new, it was because, right, we, we think Walmart's, ever, Walmart's always been here. No, Walmart was built when we started building the suburbs after we came up with the gold standard in the 70s. You know what I mean? And had mm-hmm. to build out these suburbs. And so Walmart got big. Um, and so everything new is volatile because human beings don't process change well. And so you think of the market volatility, the way our emotions move whenever we lose a job, right? Or we get a new job or we get a new uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse. We get a divorce. We have a new child. You know what I'm saying? Like we lose something. Uh, like anything, whenever we have something that... In, in, you know, and so our money that's in there, like which people value a lot, um, um, it becomes a reinforcing cycle because we already don't process change well. Then the money is doing this, and then it creates more emotions. And and so the and and th- and, and this is side note: the biggest value of a I tell my clients, you pay me not for building portfolios. I give away what I give away what you should buy on my podcast for free. I'm like this is my podcast. Like I literally got a new client last week. She was like, I say, what made you call me? She's like. Um, uh, I've been listening to your podcast, uh, and like, it's rare to see people give free information that's valuable and you give free information that's valuable. And I was like, yeah, cause I give away all of my best ideas on my podcast. Like if, if you listen to my podcast and you're a do it yourself and you love it, cause I literally tell you what to do, but people with money, they don't like, they're like, I got money. I make money doing this. I don't want to do what you do, you know? So I want to give you the money because what they really pay me to do. It's to hold the frequency, meaning like you're on this. So if I'm emotionally nervous, I know you know what you're doing. I need to call you because I know you're going to take 15 minutes 
and explain to me what's going on mm -hmm. and manage my emotions and keep me from doing something crazy with my money so that I can realize the money I need to earn over time. I'm like a, I'm like a, a meditation guru for their money. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. I'm like, just breathe. We're going to get through this. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so I think one, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself. I feel like I'm speaking for a lot of folks. So when it comes to like the crypto space, you know, there's the 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 name brands. There's like a there's Bitcoin. Then there's like a, I'm not gonna mispronounce it, like Ethereum. I think folks have heard of. But I feel like there's like 20, 30. There, there's like infinite amount of, of coins. So yeah, one, like um, what cryptos are you comfortable with? Not that you're recommending it, giving any financial mm -hmm. advice. But what what cryptos are you confident in? And um, yeah, what cryptos are you confident in as far as all so, these these coins? So so that's easy. I only own Bitcoin, right? And it tells okay. you my confidence level. But I own Bitcoin and it's the biggest asset class of my portfolio. But okay. but he, but here's um here's why my investment philosophy is always um once you see a big trend that has the opportunity and the trend is clear, right? You see a big trend, the trend is clear. So in this example, we know crypto is here to stay. That's a, because talk to anybody who's 30 or 40 and ask them, are they going to store their value in dollars? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, like everybody who's, who's 20 and 30 has some of their money in crypto or, or understands it. Right. Uh, and then, and then, you know, and the people that are 40 that are relatively tech savvy have, you know, increasing chunks of money in the Bitcoin. So it's, so, or, or crypto. So it's, uh, it's here to stay. It's like, it's like, it's like, Commerce stocks 99 is here to stay. So you know, okay, there's a trend. Then you find the winner, the clear winner, right? Yeah. So, so, so I would apply this to like when everybody kept asking me, they still ask me, Philip, what's the next Amazon? Amazon's the next Amazon. Yeah. Amazon's the next. It's growing at 40% a year. I mean, I've been, I've been getting asked this six, six years in a row. It keeps growing at 40% a year. Uh -huh. Amazon's the next Amazon. You know, oh, uh, Facebook, they got the best ad product out there. Like, what are you talking about? Um, you're asking me this on on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, Google, right? So, so these are these are companies that that are clear winners that you can buy and you don't got to guess and you can, with a high degree of probability, uh, beat the S and P 500 on on those individual positions, right? Um, uh, and and, I, and 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 they've been clear winners for a while. So whenever I make a concentrated uh, bet like that it's i don't guess you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and we, we talked about this before i told people don't you know you had to guess in 2017 if you're investing in bitcoin if you bought bitcoin in 2020 it was a clear winner <laughs> you know what i mean uh -huh. and, and the trend was fully established and and when you get and when you get into, into 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 crypto right and you and you and you look at the different types of of of, of applications for crypto you have bitcoins in a league of its own it's the only decentralized money there's no ceo there's no founder you know that leads the crowd uh -huh. right there's no corporation there's only going to be 21 million there's been no major changes in the monetary system at all uh you know uh from the beginning so it has consistency it's the largest when you look when you look at the big corporations that are putting it on their balance sheet in the countries they're putting Bitcoin, not anything else. There's a reason for that, you know, um, like it's in a league of its own. So th and then you go to all the rest of them, Ethereum, Solana, Cardano. I mean, they all got founders who are still alive. Okay. It's all controlled by a small amount of people. It's, it's, it's basically the same system that we got today in digital format. By the way, they have their use cases and they're probably still going to be around. But as a store of value, right, I don't store my value in centralized cash because I've seen what it's done right now. I mean, I have enough cash to pay the bills, but I'm just saying yeah. I've saw I've seen what they did to centralized systems. So I don't feel comfortable with that. And, and then you go to NFTs and, and I love NFTs because they have scarcity. However, railroad principle NFTs are what Bitcoin were in 2017 right now. So I'm just watching because there's no clear winner. You know what I mean? Right now in the NFT space. And so I'm watching, I'm watching Disney in the marketplace because Disney's an executor. Disney has for over a hundred years built brand, right? You know, mm -hmm. so I'm betting they're going to be able to do this NFT thing, right? But I need the bubble to pop, right? I need Disney to for sure execute on the okay. NFT. 
I need to, you know what I'm saying? I need to find the Amazon, Facebook, Google, gotcha. Bitcoin of NFTs, uh, which there's going to be a lot of them because NFTs is all about investing in culture. And that's a, that could be a whole podcast episode. And, I, and again, I did a podcast episode on NFTs too on the gotcha. podcast. Um, but, um, you know, I, I hope that answered your question. But Bitcoin is all I own right now. Um, and that's the reason why, um, you know, because, yeah, it has the right principles. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, I think the, is there anything else I should be asking you about uh, the crypto space? Anything? I, I, I know you could like so you could talk for hours, but is there anything I, like, I, hey, maybe um, just one more nugget somebody should know? Or yeah, I I, I, I would say, man, I, I would say like what, whatever you do, just just play it. You know, like like play. Don't overthink it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like like listen to what I'm saying, and uh, and do your research. But go buy something and then start learning, right? Put the work in, right? Just, gotcha. just don't don't fall into the false beliefs where you think you can get a little for a you can get a little for a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like uh -huh. you're not like when you're in there playing. I'm calling it like learning. So you're investing and then you're learning, right? You 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 buy something and then you put fifty plus hours in of of reading about it, right? The pros and the cons, and read it like fifty hours, like track it fifty hours, right? Uh -huh. And, and, and I have a hard time uh, believing that when somebody goes to 50 hours of doing something, they won't, you know, they'll know whether it's a good deal or a bad deal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Okay, thank you. Um, pre appreciate your, your time, uh, wealth, literally your wealth of knowledge here. Um, Alex, I know you could talk about all those topics probably for the next, maybe the next couple weeks or whatever you know so cool it was, it was good catch up to you i don't know if you guys know I've, i kind of met philip about what about four five years ago maybe yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah so i actually hadn't had really spoke to him maybe you know like uh two, two three years maybe so this is this was a this is a uh, cool um uh, episode here um so i'm not sure i'm gonna phrase this my last question so my last question i always ask folks i'll just ask you to the same question i ask everyone else so if you had a million dollars and you had to spend it on real estate real estate or something real estate adjacent and you had to, you had one week to spend it or you or you lose it what would you spend that money on hmm yeah i i actually right now would give it to a buddy of mine who i think fixes the problems of suburbs at the moment right now okay. specifically you take a city like cedar hill or duncanville or desoto where they have a high income population that nobody knows about but a lot of them work in downtown dallas or downtown Fort Worth or somewhere else. So, so those cities get the restaurant revenue, tax revenue off that, uh, and, and the shopping that they do when they're on their lunch break or whatever. So they get they get those dollars. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you have the increasing trend of remote work and the increasing trend of companies no longer uh, doing like big leases downtown. Because I got mm -hmm. friends who work with big. I mean, I got done, did the research on it. And so the whole, again, go, going back to my principle, railroad principle, we, we work the stock that went off a lot three years ago, three, four years ago. Yeah. It, it's, that's, I, I pay attention. I didn't buy WeWork, but I was like, okay, this is the future. Like, this is the future. Let me pay attention because what WeWork signaled was a lot of these companies are going to sign. And, and I've confirmed it with my buddies in commercial real estate that work with Fortune 10 companies. You know, they are, uh, nobody's going back to remote work. And, and you're going to see a lot of these companies, I'm sorry, going back to in-house work, and you're going to see a lot of companies that say, oh, every, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to contract with these shared office space companies in Cedar Hill and DeSoto for our residents that live there. So give us 10,000 square feet, like, in this area for them. Like, we'll lease it all up. It's cheaper because it's further out, mm -hmm. and it's easier for us. And so now they can, you know, live, work, and play where they are. And, and so my buddy... Uh, who's a young developer had had saw this you know years ago and built out these um uh you know uh you know shared office spaces right mm -hmm. and so um and he's you know he has a pedigree so i'd give him the million you know, okay. give him all of it yeah. oh, okay okay cool appreciate it um <laughs> you, you let yeah. let the good folks know uh once again uh where to find your podcast your youtube you in general if they want to invest with you yeah, man. So the best best place you can get all that uh, is go to StonehillWealthManagement.com. It links out to all my information, my podcast link outs. Um, 
you know, background on me, stonehillwealthmanagement.com. All, you know, all one word. All right. Uh, and if you want to see some, uh, some cool, uh, I'm going to mispronounce it. Uh, videos. Check out his, check out his IG. Ask, ask Philip, right? You can see him. Uh, ask Philip. Ask Philip. Yeah. You can, you can see me, you know, get punched to punch folks. <laughs> All right. Cool. So yeah, once again, appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the, uh, the podcast, the real estate show. And uh, there's no outro to this show. So it is over. Thanks. Appreciate you.